0: Hello everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. This is episode thirty-six. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. Our topic today, intelligence. Oh boy. That's like looking for uh, I don't know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know. That's a movie that comes to mind. Anyway, one of the definitions I found for intelligence, and I assure you I didn't take this from the woke dictionary, is the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. So uh, I guess one of the things when we consider intelligence is to look at the source of our knowledge, and then obviously the application. And it seems in these days, uh, we look at intelligence from the Perspective of our culture right now, we look at intelligence as maybe someone with smarts. Uh, we would initially, I think, consider Ivy Leaguers and people like that. And the irony is that they have knowledge. We're not sure that they're from valid sources or their knowledge is that they respectively have come from valid sources. And we certainly question, particularly since they're so concentrated around the swamp in D.C. and maybe the area in uh, New York, that they haven't learned yet how to apply it. So uh, intelligence is, is an interesting concept when we start examining it and what its relationship is with our liberty, our individual liberty. Uh intelligence, if you think about the Ivy League schools, for example, many of them began as church schools. They were founded by churches or church groups to enhance, enlighten, and encourage their young people to advance their knowledge. Things like Greek and Latin uh, were required. Uh, courses to get through i recall when i did my undergraduate work i was required to have three semesters of a foreign language i chose german uh which is kind of stupid really in re- in retrospection um because i had taken latin and spanish in high school i would have had a much easier and smoother sledding Uh, If I had stuck with a Romance language um, when I got to college, but nevertheless, being young, stupid, and unaware, I had intelligence, but I didn't know how to apply it, apparently, I took German. Now, rather than consume three semesters of time taking German at my undergraduate school, which was the College of Worcester, I chose to take a summer course in German at the University of Akron. I commuted there, and I took a semester every two weeks. So in a period of six weeks, this is my journey into German. I got an A the first two weeks, I got a B the second two weeks, and I got a C, actually a C plus. I was a stellar student. The third two weeks, which if you know anything about studying language, you know that it builds upon each other. It's foundational, and then you start adding blocks on it till you build the wall of the language, and apparently doing it in two-week spurts while commuting uh, was not a good idea for me. I got my only C in college uh, in that third semester of German. Nevertheless, I qualified and completed my language requirement. What does that mean about liberty? What does that have to do with liberty? Well, I guess from a personal perspective, and looking at how I explored language, that I supposedly acquired knowledge, as the A, the B, and the C would indicate, but I certainly didn't develop any skill. And to this day, I can't apply that knowledge. My knowledge of German is so infinitesimal, it's it's unmeasurable. It doesn't even show up on the radar screen. And so in my pursuit of a grade or my pursuit of a requirement, I may have gained or gleaned some knowledge, but I certainly didn't acquire the ability to apply it. And that's really what I want to come down to now. We have human intelligence that we look at, and human intelligence requires an element of discernment and wisdom, I would think. When we look at people and we, as individuals, meet with them and talk with them, interact with them, we generally determine our Subjective determination of their intelligence is often determined by our ability to detect whether or not they are discerning and wise. Because a bunch of facts and knowledge is actually meaningless in everyday life, uh, unless you're a professional, trivial pursuit player. Uh, A bunch of tidbits of information aren't worth much if you don't have discernment and wisdom to tie those elements together into a coherent whole that leads to a plan of action or at least a way of living. And that's human intelligence, I believe, includes a true understanding of who you are And where you fit in the great scheme of things, whether that be within the family context, the community, your state, your nation, and globally. And so if you have the discernment and wisdom to know yourself and to know where you fit in the whole thing or where you don't fit, actually, where you may be the outlier, that gives you a leg up on your liberty and your freedom because you know deep within your core, who you are, what you want, and how you want to achieve it, while those around you may be walking in a fog. And uh, so human intelligence is an interesting thing. They, they're still trying to measure it. I'm sure all of you are familiar with the intelligence quotient or the IQ as we uh, shorten it where people's intelligence is rated by their ability to process and regurgitate facts or process and regurgitate answers to problems. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's embedded down in their soul and who they are. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have the capability of discerning and wisely making choices from then on. So our IQ is clearly an artificial measurement of human intelligence, which is the segue into artificial intelligence. We've been bombarded with ideas that at some point, artificial intelligence, AI, may replace a lot of the, at least early on, and we, we see it today, some of the more simpler functions of human life, They can be trained or programmed to do certain things, routine matters, over and over again with precision and certainty until they break. And then we see elements as we read the literature and the speculations and so forth, where AI is advancing to levels, creating complexity, that may evade us, may be more complex than we can understand. But nevertheless, uh, artificial intelligence cannot yet think for itself. It's not sentient, although people in little labs that we know little about are trying every day to develop a system of artificial intelligence that can think and react that can recognize, compute, analyze, and come up with different remedies for various situations, the difficulty with artificial intelligence is that it doesn't have a soul. And that may sound rather theological and impractical to you when I say it that way, but there's more to us than merely a conscious and a subconscious. We go deeper than that within our own souls. Now, many of us are afraid to explore that lower level because it may be dark. It may be things we hide down there in our hearts or in our souls or in our essence that we're afraid to examine head on or afraid to release for others to see. But nevertheless, it does exist and it's operating on a level I would call it a sub-awareness level that artificial intelligence cannot replicate, cannot match, cannot do. We make gut instinct choices all the time about situations we encounter day to day, hour to hour, minute by minute. We make these gut instinct decisions that simply at this stage at least cannot be programmed with a bunch of zeros and ones cannot be created digitally to generate all the variables, all the opportunities, all the choices that a human being um, encounters or expresses. And so AI is a long way from being close to what human intelligence's capability may be. And I might add to that, one of the issues with AI currently is the great microchip, microchip shortage that we're seeing across the globe. So they're reliant on outside forces for their capability to function. So are we. Though we have those dark spaces and quiet spaces within ourselves where our our thirst for liberty is residing, we still require input, we still require interactions with others to get feedback on our own sanity or our own place in the world. We look at others and we express to them, maybe if we, it's someone we absolutely trust, we express to them our innermost feelings, and they reflect back to us what we what they truly hear what they think we are saying and then we in turn take that feedback and process it and determine whether or not what we're saying is really true to ourselves or are we just putting on another mask or maybe what we are truly feeling and sensing uh is a little out of tune with what's going on around us or totally in tune I know this stuff sounds a little bizarre, a little crazy, getting down in the weeds. But I think that's, in essence, liberty requires humanity. You can't have liberty without true humanity at the bottom line. I mean, liberty means nothing to something that's equipped with a microchip. Liberty means nothing to a crescent wrench. Liberty means nothing to a tractor. And we may wonder whether or not liberty means anything to a dog or a goat or a donkey. We don't know. But in essence, it requires a human element, I believe, or at least a sentient element to get down and explore what is liberty, what does it mean precisely for me, and how does my concept of liberty inform me going forward. What do I, what do you believe about liberty? How vital, how critical, how elementary is liberty for you in the way you go about your life uh, today and tomorrow? Forget about yesterday. That's over with. That's gone. All that matters is today and is some element tomorrow because how you process and live today will set the foundation for what happens tomorrow. Okay, so we're talking about intelligence. I hope this wasn't too goofy and too crazy for you today, but I just felt given all the crap that's going on around us, maybe it's time to sit back and take a little look at that thing we call intelligence. That's Living Liberty for today. I'm Charlie Earl. Remember to live free and be free.